Hello, and welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh Drelecki of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join Pastor Josh each week as he gives further insight into God's Word. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for this week's Weekly Wholesome Words. As we continue to look at the issue of the Spirit, this will be part four of these snippets of teachings that I like to provide for you each week. Again, hopefully you're getting some fundamental understanding of how uh, the spirit and that expression, that name could be utilized. And again, we've covered a lot of things already in regards to the spirit. One is obviously already uh, should be understood in regards to the third member of the Godhead, God, the Holy Spirit. But we're mostly focused upon how um, his activity, how we're involved in that, um, how it can be that we walk after the Spirit and all these other various things that come from certain passages and therefore hopefully a byproduct of these snippets of teachings will be that you're able to handle some of the passages that involve the Spirit a little bit better uh, than you were able to before listening to these snippets of teachings. So again, we've already covered quite a bit. We already covered issues regarding the reality that we have begun in the Spirit, as Paul mentions there in Galatians chapter 3. We talked about how we're going to walk after the Spirit by by virtue of minding the things of the Spirit. Uh, We saw there in Romans chapter 8 that fact, and then further on in chapter 8 there in verses 14 and 15, we learn that we're going to be led by the Spirit and the Spirit of adoption. And therefore, as He leads us, there's further things that we are going to be able to mind. Um, And that is actually our interaction or our interface with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit, is by virtue of His things. In other words, we might be able to mind things in general, as far as worldly things and fleshly things. We might have the capacity to mind. But the issue of walking after the Spirit is not minding worldly things or not minding the things of the flesh, not minding fleshly things. It's the issue of minding the things of the Spirit. And therefore, the Spirit of adoption that we are led by is going to lead us in some things that we walk after by minding them. And when we therefore mind those things that we are led by, We are walking after the Spirit. And the natural outlet of minding the things of the Spirit, as we are committed to not only learning those things, but also committed to applying them or proving them in the details of our life, we will produce, therefore, the fruit of the Spirit. And so that's how the interface That's how the activity takes place, is that by virtue of his things, we will come along and mind them, and we are engaging, therefore, with the Spirit. And again, we also talked about the issue that he delivers his things through the words on the page of God's Word in the particular sense and sequence in which he delivers them, in which we have, therefore, in our Bible. 
Then we began to look at Romans chapter 8, and we began to look at the further issues there in verse 16, when the Spirit begins to bear witness with our spirit. And we would already know that that's how this relationship, this interaction and interface is going to take place because of the previous verses in Romans chapter 8. And therefore the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, with our inner man, regarding some things, and he now is going to start to lead us in some further things in regarding our inheritance, in regarding to sufferings, in regarding hope, glory, the creature, delivering the creature from the bondage of corruption, groaning, and the issue of a salvation by hope for the ultimate end and purpose is that we would wait for the redemption of our body, our healing program, which will take place at the rapture, or in other words, the redemption of our body, we're going to have to wait for. And the hope and the various features that the Spirit provided for and the various things that he has led us in, in Romans eight sixteen all the way down to verse 23, are the first fruits of the Spirit that when we mind them, they will provide us not only just to wait, but to, with patience, wait for it. And so, that's the way in which he commences um, the, uh, the, the further leading than just of how we begun. And that gets underway in Romans chapter 8. Now, before we look at some other things, I want you to see how this, these first fruits of the Spirit that concern our hope, that concern glory, that concern suffering with Christ, that concern the redemption of our body, all to the end of uh, to produce a, with patience, waiting for the redemption of our body. Here, it's the first fruits of the Spirit because that's where the Spirit first begins to deal with some further things that we are to mind. But when you go on later on in Paul's epistles, you see this very thing and these features and this doctrinal content that's sitting in Romans 8, verse 16 through 25 become a supply. And it's going to be the supply, guess what, of the Spirit. Come with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, and we'll take a look at this and then we'll cover some other uh, issues in regards to the Spirit in the time that we have remaining. Philippians chapter 1, and I want you to take a look at here briefly the context. He says in verse 13, he says, So that in my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace. Paul is in prison here. He's the prisoner of the Lord, as he spelled out in, in the epistle to the Ephesians. These uh, Philippians are starting to partake and wax confident by Paul's bonds, by his imprisonment. And they begin to wax confident and preach the gospel. And therefore, Paul's imprisonment uh, ends up falling out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. And not only that, but there are some who desire to add affliction to his bonds, verse 16. Nevertheless, all these afflictions on all these adverse effects of suffering, both his imprisonment and both those who preach Christ of contention that are supposing to add affliction to his bonds, he's going to come along and share 
that these things turn to his salvation. And that's where we're going to pick up here in verse 19. He says, For I know that this, that this is the issue of those that preach Christ of envy and strife and and, and preach Christ of contention and, and also those that preach uh, Christ of goodwill. He says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation. All the adverse effects that he's facing that are taking place and that are resonant within him and all the things that he could be thinking and how it could get him down and how it could cause him to faint. He says that this shall turn. It's going to turn the things that he's bringing up, his imprisonment and the adverse effects of it and those that are preaching Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to his to his bonds, that this is going to turn it's going to turn, it's going to turn to his salvation from his deliverance from the adverse effects of these things. Not a deliverance from it, but a deliverance while he is in it, to be able to endure it, to be able to bear it. And how is it going to turn to his salvation? Well, he says, through your prayer. So he's calling upon the Philippians to pray for it, but their prayers or ought to be in line with the doctrine and things they ought to know of how God's dealing with the believers, how God's therefore dealing with Paul, how therefore God's dealing with them, and what they ought to therefore pray. And he says, This shall turn to my, sal- uh, my salvation through your prayer, and, now look at here, he says, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now you might be thinking, what is that? If you didn't go on and read verse 20, you might be thinking, well, what is the supply of the Spirit of Jesus of Jesus Christ? Well, what he is, if, if you have all that information from Romans 8 that we are going to mind the things of the Spirit and therefore we're going to walk after the Spirit by virtue of minding his things. And then you've got some first fruits. And, 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 and when you have those first fruits of, of, of a crop or of, of, a, of an animal or those things are, are to be raised up and nourished for the point of your own nourishment for your own provision and therefore in Romans 8 there were the first fruits there were some things that were supposed to take root and grow from Romans eight sixteen to 25 there, and therefore supposed to produce some fruit for us. And, and those issues, as the everlasting nature that they are, always bear fruit. And they therefore become a supply for us. And that's what Paul's hearkening upon. And those first fruits, they were of the Spirit. They were from, they were generated from the words on the page, the Spirit leading us in some things that we mind, and they become provisions for our mind. And that's exactly what Paul needs here. He's in prison. He's facing the adverse effects of these afflictions and these bonds and these sufferings. He knows that God's not going to deliver him from them. 
as far as out of them. But he also knows that God is able to renew the mind and therefore what he's drawing upon and that he actually knows. He doesn't come along and say, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but he knows that this is going to turn to his salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit. In other words, there's something of the Spirit that Paul has that has a supply component to it that he is going to avail himself of that he always avails himself of and that he is even going to do, do so now he's gotten experience with it before and he is going to utilize it now and that's why he knows it's going to turn to his salvation well what is the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ verse 20 according to my earnest expectation and my hope that should jog your memory right back to those first fruits of the Spirit in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 through 25, where he talked about the earnest expectation of the creature and the groaning of the creature and all creation. And therefore, we have the first fruits of the Spirit, and we too, therefore, groan within ourselves. We too, therefore, have the same hope of the creature. We too, therefore, have the same hope of as the, all, all, the whole creation. We too, therefore, have a hope of the redemption of our body, we too therefore have the same hope that Christ himself has as we suffer with him, that we might be glorified together with him. We too therefore have that earning, that, that yearning and that anticipation for a future event that's going to deliver us from the sufferings that we're going to face. And as we got that in Romans 8, as it was the first fruits of the Spirit, as it was back there, it is now the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And again, the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that supply are simply those things back there. He's Because they're the things of the Spirit, there's some specific things in regards to our hope, our earnest expectation, and those type of things. But when we mind those things, they are going to become a supply for us. And that's what he knows is going to turn to his salvation. What's going to deliver him from the adverse effects and all the effects that they can have in his inner man. He's going to be saved from those things. He's not going to be saved out of the afflictions, but the effects of the afflictions on his inner man he's going to be saved from. And all those effects and what they could produce could, could produce Paul to be shamed that he's in prison. It could produce shame that his ministry and his his message and his labor has resulted in some not honestly and sincerely responding to it and therefore preach Christ even of envy and strife, producing division and, and producing affliction to his bonds that could produce shame in him and a faint heartedness and a and a holding his mouth from continuing to share the message, but in re- in, in turn, the salvation, that is the supply of the Spirit of Christ Jesus, which is according to his earnest expectation and his hope, is going to work this. That in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, and here it is, that's why it's the supply, as always, so now, 
also Christ shall be magnified in my body. And just to drive home the point that he wasn't looking to be delivered from the uh, um, death, physical death that, that he could have faced, he says, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so he wasn't anticipating necessarily to live through it all. But he says, whether it be by life or by death, that these things can turn to my salvation. And therefore, I can draw upon the supply of the Spirit in accord with my earnest expectation, my hope, and then nothing to be ashamed. Now, with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body. The Spirit was operating by virtue of some things that were written upon Paul's mind and heart that he was drawing upon that became a supply. And when he therefore availed himself of that supply, availed himself of that salvation, and was mindful of his earnest expectation and his hope, the lack of shame the boldness and the magnification of Christ in his body was by virtue of the spirit therefore the fruit of his boldness the fruit of his lack of shame and the magnification of Christ in his body was generated by the spirit by virtue of his things. And therefore, it's Paul calling those things to mind. And he's walking after the Spirit. And all the fruit of it is going to be the fruit of the Spirit. Well, folks, there's a lot more that we could get into all that. But our time is up. I didn't cover as much as I'd like to cover. Therefore, I'll just take the necessary time to look at this more next week. In next week broadcast of weekly wholesome words. Until then, look up. Thanks for joining Pastor Josh for this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. Join him next week for another look into God's Word. Until next time, look up.